the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when John saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, "'You brood of vipers!' Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire." This is the gospel of the Lord. All right, I have an idea. John the Baptist-themed Christmas cards. Just picture it. A brightly colored picture of John on the cover, dressed in his best camel's hair outfits, holding a baggie of fresh locusts in case he gets hungry, as you do, with the greeting, prepare the way of the Lord. And then on the inside, Merry Christmas, you brood of vipers. Or maybe one showing John in action, wielding a shiny new axe, maybe one he just got for Christmas, with the greeting, he's making a list and checking it to make sure that you have bear good fruit or not. Or what about one with maybe a more abstract artistic approach? Softly flickering candles on the front, that's nice. And then on the inside, a blazing inferno, wishing you a happy holiday of unquenchable fire. All right. But every year on the second Sunday of Advent, John the Baptist stands at the center of our Christmas preparations. There's no getting to the silent night, holy night, little town of Bethlehem without getting past John with all of his rough edges, shall we say. His storyline appears in all four Gospels. There's simply no Jesus without John. But his message feels undisputedly harsh. Not exactly the warm fuzzies we would expect from a happy holiday. But then there's the vision from Isaiah, from our first reading. The peaceable kingdom where wolf and lamb, leopard and kid, calf and lion, nursing child and snake shall dwell together in perfect 
harmony. It seems a far cry from John's message. But we can't get to Isaiah's vision of peace and justice and hope without John's message of judgment and repentance. After all, the link between the readings, did you notice the axe at the root of the tree needs to cut down what is dead in order for the new shoot to come out of its stump? But we don't like to talk about judgment very much. We don't like to hear it. And to be honest, we pastors don't really like to preach it, or at least most pastors. And for good reason, because judgment is uncomfortable. And it's so often been misused in Christian circles to justify hatred and discrimination against entire groups of people. In fact, didn't Jesus himself say something like, judge not lest you be judged? And yet, our gospel text calls us squarely and clearly to judgment. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit will be cut down and burned. That's what it says. If last week's gospel reading didn't sufficiently scare you with talk of the unknown day and hour and one will be taken and one will be left, John the Baptist gives us brood of vipers, stray axes just lying around and unquenchable fire. It sounds like more of a horror story than a Christmas one. And this is scary stuff. But is it any scarier than what John calls us to clear away, to prepare the way of the Lord? We live in scary times with violence between nations, violence on our city streets, violence in our high school hallways and classrooms, environmental disasters threatening our planet and we who live on it, and an increasingly polarized and divisive culture that only seems to be getting worse. It feels like we don't even know how to talk with each other anymore. We vilify those we disagree with. We call them names. We post all sorts of things on social media. Even within groups of our own people, we can't even seem to get along. You're not blank enough. Or, oh, you must not be a real fill-in-the-blank. Truth be told, we're dehumanizing each other and distancing ourselves from each other. And it makes it really easy to judge a person when you don't truly know them, let alone take time to have a conversation with that doesn't involve yelling at them. In her recent book, Lutheran pastor and seasoned journalist Angela Denker seeks to explore this intense divide in our society between red and blue, right and left, this and that, that has only become more entrenched in recent years and will surely only get worse in the coming months. But her aim is not to further dehumanize and demean each other or either side. Lord knows we do enough of that ourselves. But exactly the opposite She tries to encourage her readers on both and all sides of the divide to listen more deeply to each other, 
and to rediscover each other's humanity. It's about rehumanizing one another. Because once you get to know a person, it's harder to judge them. But I'd also suggest that the more we come to learn and care about, even love a person, it's actually more difficult not to judge them. And maybe with a different, or definitely with a different meaning of that word, because I think that's the kind of judgment that John is proclaiming. Not the kind of judgment that leads to moral superiority or discrimination, but a judgment that refuses to settle for apathy. A judgment that refuses to let us keep going on in the ways that we hurt and degrade one another. John's proclamation in the wilderness is judgment without condemnation. Judgment rooted in love. This is a kind of judgment that doesn't seek to hurt or destroy, but strives to foster a new life. This is a kind of judgment that leads to repentance in the New Testament sense of that word that just means a change of hearts or a new way of thinking. This is a kind of judgment that prepares the way of the Lord, that prepares the way of the peaceable kingdom, the way of the kingdom of heaven. John the Baptist calls us to prepare the way of the Lord, to repent of the ways that we have hurt each other in the creation. John's judgment is not his alone either, but it's the judgment of one more powerful who is coming after him. John points us to Jesus, the Messiah for whom we wait in our Advent anticipation the Messiah who will judge not with vengeance and brute force and added violence, but a different way. As the prophet Isaiah says, with the rod of his mouth, his tongue, and the breath of his lips, his words. Still, there is power to this judgment, not utter destruction and violence kind of power, but it's not exactly passive either. Imagine a fighting match with your parents or your spouse. Dig way back into your imagination. I'm sure you'll have to figure figure out a story for that one. But how much gets accomplished when you're yelling or screaming at someone, right? But what happens when their voice gets quieter, softer, more deliberate and measured? We've all been on the receiving end of that voice, and we know in that moment... They mean business. It's not shouted at. It's a pleading with. This is a different kind of judgment that sees clearly, that cares deeply. As one of my favorite writers puts it, what if John is saying that the Messiah who is coming really sees us, that he knows us at our very core, Maybe the winnowing fork is an instrument of deep love, patiently wielded by the one who discerns in us rich harvests still hidden by chaff. Maybe it's in offering God every particular 
of our lives, that we give God permission to clear us, to separate all that's destructive from all that is good and beautiful and worthy. There is promise in this judgment. And John is eager for us to receive it. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. That's another interesting word in Greek. Euthos, translated as straight in this context, can mean that something is physically straight, in a straight line, or morally or ethically upright. And it can also carry with it a sense of immediacy right away. Make his paths straight and straight away. John proclaims God's judgment. The kingdom of heaven has come near. There is proximity and urgency to this promise. Christ is coming soon. Get ready. The kingdom of heaven has come and is coming near. The space between God and humanity is getting thinner And when God becomes flesh and enters into our reality, you can be certain that things will change and that things will be made new. So hear the Baptist's call, calling us to a new way of life that acts with intention and speaks deliberately in a spirit not of violence, but a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? Those are the words that we speak every time we baptize someone at this font. These are baptismal words that carry with it the promise of God and the promise made by this entire community of faith as we strive together for the justice and peace of all the earth. This Sunday, this second Sunday in Advent, John the Baptist calls to us, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight and straight away. With a sense of urgency, we are called to practice repentance, to practice changing our hearts and minds. We are called to clear away everything that gets in the way, everything that hurts and destroys. We are called to practice the way of justice and peace because our lives and the well-being of the whole creation depend on it. For indeed, Christ is coming soon. Amen.